Welcome to episode 11 of season five of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm going to be talking with David Peterson about business and innovation. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Welcome, David, to the Simplify and Multiply show. I am so glad you're here. Hey, Terry, it's so uh, it's so amazing to uh, be uh, featured on your show. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Yeah, me too. And this season is all about how creativity transforms your business. And we've been talking in my prior episodes with guests about innovation and what, you know, the distinction between creativity and all those things. So I'm really looking forward to us getting into that topic because I know you have some fabulous things to talk about regarding innovation and the process around how to make that happen. (laughs) I've got a couple of thoughts for you. Yeah. So why don't you, in case um, our listener does not have a a knowledge of of your work and who you are, just tell us a little bit about the work you're doing today, um, maybe a little bit about your speaking and topics you speak on and all that good stuff. Absolutely. My name is David Peterson, and for the past 11 years, I've had a company called I7 Strategies. Uh, I am a solopreneur, so exactly the kind of uh, of individual and entity um, that this uh, that's the whole podcast is focused around. What I primarily do is uh, focus on the financial services niche. So that's kind of my world of who mm-hmm. I'm generally talking to. Although I do do some events um, outside of that, and I provide keynote. Uh, speaking. I provide innovation workshops. So I actually will go Mm. into a company and actually provide an enterprise-wide workshop for them to think about how they can be innovative. And I've created innovation challenges where a company following that workshop would actually involve different people, cross-functional teams get formed. They come up with ideas and I work with them to help present their ideas. We get an independent panel of judges and those ideas that get gated forward, they're, they're award Big trophies are given. The way that I've created that would work for for any uh, for mm-hmm. any company, but that's really where uh, an organization decides it doesn't matter whether somebody thinks about just a five minute improvement, something that saves five minutes a day of a simple process gets repeated over and over and over again, and maybe ten people are doing that, and it adds up to a lot of time over the year. Mm. So we focus on small innovations that lead to medium innovations that lead to big innovations. Wow. I also do strategic strategic planning. I work with organizations to help them, you know, do their, their, you know, tr- traditional plotting and planning and so forth. I serve on a, on a number of boards, mm-hmm. uh, including some companies that are focused on innovation in and out of the financial technology space. Um, and from time to time, I get a chance to sit in as an executive where an organization sort of has a whole, again, in the fintech financial technology world, which I'm actually in that uh, role right now where I'm president of a software company that provides uh, real-time payments 
for uh, the processing world. So, uh, so I'm I'm a little bit of an unusual uh, solopreneur in the sense that from time to time, not all the time, but from time to time, I get an engagement where for months and months or even over a year, I'll have somebody dropping money into my account on a regular basis, which is so incredibly nice. <laughs> but I still maintain I still maintain my speaking and my and my innovation driven growth. So uh, so I sort of go through these cycles of full solopreneur to part time solopreneur, right? And you sort of flow through those yeah, depending on. I think that that's really cool. You can step into a role for two reasons. One, you get that nice steadiness, and you can invest some time. It's like having a two, three, five year project to work on, but you also get to see real world in the trenches, what people are struggling with. And that helps you be a better consultant, a better speaker and innovate from that space because you're getting, you know, instead of being on the outside providing the service, you get to live it on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. Exactly. And I would wish this for any solopreneur. If they had a way on a regular basis, maybe maybe every couple of years to be able to go back and actually be integrally involved in a bigger team. Cause that's the biggest problem for yeah, us is, is we're, we're just, we're just like solo. And uh, you know, there are people that I know within the NSA family, and there's always people that you can reach out to, but you right. don't ever really feel like you're totally collaborating on a team on a longer term project where sure. you, you know, you're whiteboarding and you're working with folks and then you get to see the end result. Um, a lot of times as a consultant, you know, we come in and we do our thing. We speak at a conference. We we do a workshop, and and everyone's like, "Yeah, that was great." And then that's it. You don't really hear. You don't hear it. Nobody calls you up six months later and says, "Oh, look at the great thing we did." It's just you don't. Maybe you, you might not even know yeah. what impact that you have. So any time that you get a chance to take on a longer term project, you go, "Maybe this is not a bad idea." I'll yeah, keep yeah. keep my solopreneur thing going. But but take an engagement that gives you the opportunity to really work on longer term, deeper dive projects, interacting with other people, and then you come back refreshed and you're you're fired up to go back into your solopreneurship, and and you know you know rock everyone's world. Right, and you know it's interesting as I'm listening to you talk about that, I'm I can think of a, a very specific person who is doing that right now. They've been a solopreneur consultant. And they took a a really great job in a company that needed exactly what he offered. And he negotiated a deal where he could still be a thought leader and keep his voice sustained because a lot of uh, solopreneurs are creating these personal brands and they're constantly publishing and creating content and, and being out there, you know, as a thought leader. And when you step in back into a, a role like you're speaking about, uh, they can kind of become detached from that and unavailable. And yes. he was able to to have the best of both worlds. And I think that's the trick. That's probably why not a lot of solopreneurs do it as often as as you would think that they would do it, you know, having the benefit of that opportunity. But I think that's pretty cool that you've been able to, uh, to work that out. So I, awesome. I, I've been very blessed. So uh, I, I hope that anyone who has that chance to do it can avail yeah. themselves. Don't be afraid to take on a longer term assignment. Maybe that's the maybe that's the wisdom. Yeah, I agree. And I've actually had a couple opportunities to do that myself. And I was lucky enough to still be able to sustain the clients I had 
that I was serving as a consultant there and do this thing that was a full time thing. But uh, it was Beautiful. it was short lived, so I could I made it work. I made it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, today I want to talk with you about innovation, mm-hmm. and as it as it speaks to a solopreneur who is you know, wearing all these hats, scrambling, constantly trying to keep their pipeline full of work, whether it's consulting or training, or if they're a a wellness practitioner, you know, they want to keep clients keep coming in and and getting uh, their uh, their treatments, etc. And one of the things that I hear again and again is that solopreneurs, they don't take the time to innovate within their own business, to work in their business. They're just working, you know, just day to day running the business, but they don't work on the business. Right. And one of the things that I also hear is that they don't feel that they're creative or they don't feel that they have innovation skills or the knowledge or maybe the process Mm -hmm. that it takes to come up with ideas or look at their business differently. And a lot of us, like, I'll, I'll raise my hand and say, I am totally guilty of this. A lot of us, we can't get the objectivity about our own work. Right. And, you know, maybe forming groups where you could be an innovation group or something is an answer to that. But it's really hard for me to come up with my own stuff. And that's why anytime I've innovated has always been driven by a client need or something. I was seeing patterns in my industry of those that I served a consistent problem they were having. I'm like, how can I solve that problem? And that's really how I came about innovating. Uh, in my business. But what I want to do to talk about as it regards that solopreneur, what are some of the things that they need to think about when they want to be a little more conscious and deliberate about innovating and improving and enhancing or even simplifying their business? Yeah, I think I have some some great tangible uh, action steps for your listeners. Let me first of all, let me first of all, say that I have a very definitive idea about the relationship between creativity and innovation. So let me just start first by saying that a lot of people use those words interchangeably. It's creativity, innovation, you know, it's, uh, it's all the same. I don't think it's the same. And, and here's Mm-mm. why I differentiate it. It, it, it creativity, let, let me give you this definition and then I'll explain it. Cre- uh, innovation is, innovation is creativity expressed, manufactured, and consumed. It's a pretty pithy statement, but if you think about it, innovation is creativity and then three things, expressed, manufactured and consumed. So let's break that down. If you're going to have some kind of innovation, it's going to start with creativity. You're not going to mm-hmm. innovate anything by doing something the same old way that you've always done it. Right. Exactly. So it has to start with creativity, <laughs> but that's where most people stop. They go, innovation is creativity. But if you think about it, there's a lot of people that think of creative ideas all the time that don't actually yield anything innovative, right? So mm-hmm. let's talk about the three components. First of all, expressed. If Terry Pappy had a creative idea and she says, David, oh my gosh, I had this amazing idea. Let me tell you about it. I go, oh, Terry, I'm ready. Tell me. And, and, and Terry can't explain it to David. Terry, Terry's like, uh, oh, I, oh, I had this idea in my head, right? So we, we have these ideas, we have these thoughts, but we have mm-hmm. to be able to express it. I've got to be able to communicate to you what that idea or write or write it down. If I can't put that in a form that somebody else can look at it and go, oh, Okay, I David, I see what you're talking about. Right. Then there is no value to that creative idea, right? So express it. Get it get it out on the table, write it down, explain it to somebody else. Next, manufacture. What good is an idea that I can explain if it can't be created? 
Maybe it's mm-hmm. a procedure that can't be implemented, a product that can't be built. So, so I've got to be able to build that thing, right, in order for it to have any use at all. And then the third right. thing is um, consumed. So if i able to write it down and I build it, but there's, there's no utility. Nobody wants this thing, right? There's right. <laughs> nobody wants to use this thing. If it doesn't have any use, then how like innovative for creativity's That's sake. It. And we, of course, <laughs> yeah. sometimes we look at it late night infomercials and we go, who, who's, who's buying, who's buying that? Right. But, <laughs> but just trust me, yeah. it does not matter how small the innovation is. It has to follow those three things in order for it to ultimately have uh, uh, the usefulness that allows for it to be innovation. Yeah, so I'm focusing people on thinking creatively that then can follow through those three steps and become an innovation, right? And so once Love I it. sort of get them to that point where they're with me and go, okay, David, I understand why you're doing that. Then there's a three-step process um, that I talk about, which is a, identify autopilot, B, incorporate think time, and C, initiate thoughtful response. You notice the three I's, okay. the nice little alliteration there. Yeah. So let me real, real high level talk about those three. Identify autopilot. Terry Pappy, how many decisions do you make in a day? Guess. How many oh. decisions do you make in a day? A thousand, if it, not more. It, it, actually, <laughs> scientists... I don't understand how they did this, but scientists have determined that we make about 35,000 decisions a day. Oh, wow. 35,000. Now, now, about 90% of those are subconscious, where we're not even thinking about it in the sense of a decision. So that leaves leaves 3,500 decisions, right, which is even Mm -hmm. more than what you were thinking. So if you start thinking about how many decisions you make a day about food, uh, mm-hmm. you know, about whatever that adds up to 227 a day, according to Cornell university. So you can see where this would add up. A lot of those right. decisions we make are on autopilot. We just sort of do the next thing, especially if you're an, uh, a, a, a solopreneur, you may have been doing this for years and years. And so the way that you go about, I don't know, preparing for your keynote or working on uh, new content, whatever it may be is sort of in a, in a rut. It's it, it, you're just doing the same thing over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And you're never really looking at anything different and saying, wow, maybe I should be looking at it different. So when you can identify that you're on autopilot, that allows you to break out and have some creativity. So that's step one. Step two is incorporate think time. I'm going to set that aside for a minute and come back to it. And then the third is this idea of initiating thoughtful response that if, if I had the ability to come up with creative ideas that can follow through and become innovations, then in any given situation, i.e. meeting planner calls and says, hey, um, we were planning on having you come and speak at our conference, but for reasons unknown, the conference is now going to become a virtual conference. So we're not going to physically meet at the Westin and the whatever, whatever. We're going to do a virtual conference. Now, uh, maybe as a speaker, you've never done a virtual conference before. Are you, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how prepared are you going to be in advance to be right. ready to say, well, here's, yeah, I would like to participate in that. And you, you don't react and say, oh, yeah, I've never surprise. done, oh, I've never done a virtual conference before. I have no idea what to do. Right. You, you, you have a response. It's a, it's the whole idea of the difference between a reaction, 
which is kind of what your sort of knee jerk, uh, whatever right. you might say, and a response yeah. where you've thought about it ahead of time. So auto identifying autopilot, incorporate think time and initiate thoughtful response. These are, these are the ways that you can uh, have a flow of coming up with and incorporating innovative ideas. So I'm going to stop there because I want to get into the think time some more, but just see yes. if you have any any thoughts or comments about those kind of hierarchy of those three. Well, really, the first one is something that I don't think we consciously acknowledge is going on, like running on autopilot. And yeah. That speaks to the one complaint I, I mentioned earlier. It's like they just don't take – the solopreneurs don't take the time. I mean I've even found myself doing this. You know, It's like I'm so busy doing all these other things. I, I can't stop and you know, look at maybe different ways of putting a service together or, yeah. or serving my clients or whatever. Uh, it's, it's just the awareness right. of knowing that you are on that autopilot and you're constantly so many things you know just like knowing your stuff you know you really know your own stuff and then when you try to tell somebody about it they're like what (laughs) here let me uh, let me give you a quick example of this a solopreneur is talking to a family friend uh, a business associate somebody that they know and they're explaining something about their business that they do and the other person says well i don't i don't understand that at all why why wouldn't you do x right so so here's somebody who's not a part of your world world. They don't live in your mm-hmm. forest. They don't look at your trees and you're explaining what you do to them. And they go, uh, uh, I don't understand. Why would you do that? Now, there are really two ways that you can, can deal with that. Number one, you could say, well, Bill, you just don't understand. You, I mean, you just don't understand my business, right? So this is the, uh, re- this is the reaction, you know, like, Hey, right. uh, yeah. j- trust me, I know what I'm doing here. I am a professional. Right. Uh, but the other way, <laughs> other way is to think of it and go, wait a minute, here's somebody who doesn't know anything about my business yeah. and, and they're giving me insight into something that I should probably say my immediate reaction is you don't know what you're talking about, but that's the autopilot response, right? Yeah. Now I want to look at this and go, wait a second, wait a second. Why don't I, and it may be that the idea or what they're bringing up, isn't anything that is meaningful, but you should capture every single time somebody says, well, I don't understand why you do that. Why don't you do this instead? That's the, that's the key autopilot moment that you look for where somebody else says, I don't, I don't see it that way. I see it a different way. Boom. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. I challenge you to be more creative in your business, to innovate, to simplify. But if you're thinking, I'm not creative, or I don't have time to brainstorm ideas, or even my business is just fine the way it is, well, I'm going to challenge those assumptions because they will kill your profitability. They're all stories and excuses preventing your business from being better, from running smarter, from being more satisfying and fulfilling for you. Wouldn't it be great if your brand, products, and processes were able to do more? To resonate with your target clients more effectively? To be a more personal experience for existing clients? To become relevant again instead of stale and dated? Yeah, I thought so. So if you'd like to pump some vitality back into your business using creativity, innovation, and simplification, book a free creativity call with me by visiting pappychat.com. 
Give your business the battery jump it needs to provide more stability and profitability. Get your free creativity call on the calendar now by visiting P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. Let's you and I brainstorm something amazing for you and your business. So that's the autopilot part. Now, here's the part that I think would really be impactful for all of these solopreneurs that that you know plug in and 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 faithfully listen to your podcast. And it's this whole idea of think time. It's a it's a process. And I and I will promise you, I have worked with thousands of individuals in innovation workshops. And I have worked with every level. In my workshops, I have the CEO and the receptionist sitting side by side going through exercises, thinking about innovation. And there is nobody, I'm convinced there isn't anybody that would say, um, oh, I don't have any way of being innovative in the way that people say, I have no ability to sing or I can't draw, right? right? This whole idea of innovation is not some kind of skill that some people somehow have and other people don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, The only difference between people who really get good at innovating and the people who don't are the ones that will take the time to to follow through on a process. So I want to give your listeners this four-step process for getting creative. Okay. And there are four things. So if you're listening to the podcast now, you, I want you to get a a pen or pencil out. Uh, and, and, and maybe Terry will have this in the show notes, but here are the four things and I'll go back through them. These are the only four things that you need in order to get really creative. Here they are. You need space, you need time, you need time and self-confidence. Okay. I'll repeat it. Space, time, time, and self-confidence. That's all, that's all you need. Now let's break, let's break these down. Cause I, I, I want to give some specifics here. First of all, space, most solopreneurs already have a space where they can be by themselves. If you work in a right. company, you got a cube or, you know, office, whatever, you, if you're going to get creative, you can't stay in that space. You've got to get out of that space and go somewhere exactly. else. But if you're a solopreneur right now, where Terry Pappy is sitting, where I'm sitting, this is kind of my office. And so even though I don't have dozens of other people around here. I've got my phone. I've got my computer. I've got uh, all of these connections. And if I say, oh, I'm going to take these next 10 minutes to be creative, invariably we will get distracted by those other things. So so you have to decide, you have (laughs) to decide that if you're going to be creative, you're going to go to a place that is your creative place. And it, and it may be a separate room in your in your home or home office. If you're in a in an office building, uh, you can go to an empty boardroom or, or a lot of companies now are starting to put in space, spaces for uh, brainstorming or so when can you say you're so with a space is for you to not be in a place where other people know where you are and to not take any devices in there that are gonna ring, vibrate, chirp, or any other way distract your attention, right? And so you've got to go to this space and and basically get into into this uh, into this thinking space so that you can focus almost exclusively um, on this idea of uh, of creativity, right? So now think about it. If you if Terry Pappy right now, if I said we're going to cut the podcast and you're going to go start thinking, and you went to some other room, how instantly would you start thinking creatively? 
not right away. You're like, oh, I didn't. Yeah, because you're yeah, not used I, to I'm it. Thinking about this, oh, I got a, I got another interview to do this afternoon, and I and I and I told my spouse or significant <laughs> other was going to do this thing, and I got to pick up a gallon of milk, and J- Joe needs the report, and I got a proposal. Right. So your mind. So you literally have to get yeah. in your space and really just kind of let yourself you calm down. Too, you have to. Yeah. You have to plan to get in your space and let your mind just calm down, which could take some time. And that takes us to the next thing, right? We said space, get into your special space. And then the next thing was time. So in order Mm -hmm. to do this, you can't just sort of arbitrarily say, well, I'll do it sometime tomorrow, or maybe this afternoon I'll do it. You have to plan time. You have to put it on your calendar. So Terry Pappy puts on her calendar from 11 to 12 on Thursday thinking or whatever, right? If you're Terry Pappy can put (laughs) that on your, but literally you put think time on there. Now, if you work, if you work at a company where other people can see your calendar, maybe you can't put that, right? You got to come up with some other name to code code word, word, right? So uh, 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 Buffett, Warren Buffett, um, every Tuesday has a haircut appointment, which is his thinking time. Now, if you've ever seen a picture of Warren Buffett, that guy does not need a haircut every Tuesday. He's bald. So, So that's his secret code for when he's yeah. doing his thinking. So put something on your counter and then I faithfully, that. great. faithfully from 11 to 12, you go to your space and you're going to innovate. Mm-hmm. So it's from a, from 11 to 12. And so now you get into this space, your mind's kind of jumbling around, whatever else, just take, it might take 10 minutes. It might take 15 minutes just to sort of calm down. And then, and then perhaps you would start with a particular business problem or something that you're trying to ideate on. And you start thinking about potential solutions for that. Now you have to have something to capture this with. So you need to have, you know, a, a pad of paper and a pencil, or if you want to do audio notes on your phone, that's fine, but put your phone in airplane mode before you go in there. Right. Cause you're not going to be looking uh, at yeah. texts or emails or whatever, but you can record your thoughts, but it's incredibly important. The moment, the very moment you have an idea that you write it down, Get it write, down. It down. Yeah. write it down, write it down. Here, here, I, this is not my quote, but I heard it from somebody. The shortest pencil is more powerful than the longest memory. Okay? Mm. Write it down. Oh, wow. Write it down. Yeah. You either capture your ideas or you kiss them goodbye because you will not remember later. You think you remember later, but you won't remember later. And Oh, that's so I didn't true. get a chance to so talk true. about the whole right and left brain, uh, you know, the, in the in the thing and the uh, uh, autopilot thing. There's this whole right left brain. The right brain is the creative side. So it can mm-hmm. get in there, but it's not in charge of memory. So it'll give you ideas mm-hmm. and then it moves on. So that's why you have to right. capture these ideas. So here's, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to get in your space and you're going to start thinking of ideas and you're going to start writing them down. Now, here's where the third element came in, right? So it was space, time. And what was the third one? Do you remember, Terry? Time. time. Okay, so wait a second. What are you doing, David? You're repeating here. No, no, no. This is a different time. So the first... A different aspect a different of different time. aspect yes. of time. So the first one is allocating this hour of time. The second time mm-hmm. is using all of that hour. So here's what we do. We get in there. Let's say Terry's trying to think of something, you know, some new innovative way that she's going to, you know, provide simplicity services, whatever. She gets in, calms her mind. In about 10 minutes, she comes up with a great idea. Oh, my gosh. She she writes it down, and it's like this eureka. This is it. This is the one. So she wants to bust out of the bathroom or wherever her space is and go immediately, (laughs) right, to implement that, that, that idea. 
Wrong. Exactly. Wrong. That's 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 terrible. That might be a great idea, but it's more likely. I know because I'm like you're like reading my <clears throat> mind, David, because I love being in action. It's like if I don't start create because I'm a creative, right. right? So if I don't start like creating, right? I, gotta, as I, I get gotta, that. Then I'm like, oh. well, the the idea <laughs> may not be a great idea. It may be the seed of a great idea, and maybe what it needs mm. is additional thinking. It needs to have some cultivation. It needs to have some uh, metaphorical soil and watering and so forth in order yeah. for it to blossom and, and pr produce this fruit. So if you've if you've budgeted an hour from 11 to 12, and if at 11.20 you have what you think is a breakthrough idea, don't stop, then keep iterating. Sort of sort of work on that idea some more and, and expand it and, and you know think more about it. And it's very possible that by the time you get to the end of that hour, the idea that you started with might have jogged off into another direction or two that might mm. have yielded things that you would never have taken the time to thought of if you if, if you, you stopped, stopped and busted started out. Implementing. Um, yeah. And so this is this is wow. where if it's an emergency, I tell people this all the time. You've got the pipe is burst over the server farm, water's pouring in. That's not that's <laughs> not the time to spend the whole hour thinking about how you can stop the water, right? <laughs> there are there are emergency situations where you immediately go and do. We're not talking about that. We're saying, here's an hour that I've allocated. So I'm going to spend that whole hour to really kind of flesh out these ideas. So space, time, time. And then the last one, super critical, self-confidence. You alluded to this earlier in the wise thing that you said, that we as solopreneurs are the worst critics of ourselves. We we, we have a lot mm -hmm. of self-doubt. We're, we're all the time thinking about whether or not you know, is this really good? And, you know, uh, and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, even in group settings, when I do strategic planning, I'll see somebody who wants to offer up an idea and sort of will pull mm -hmm. back because what they're doing is self-editing the idea because they're worried about what other people will think of the idea. Yeah. Now, it's silly for us to do that as solopreneurs. Who else is there to criticize except <laughs> us? But we're our worst critics, right? So, of course, we're we're saying, uh, look, it's like, have there? an idea? Oh, that's a dumb idea. It's like, wait a second, wait a second. Um Another set of another set of scientists, I have no idea how they figure this out, came up with that it takes 30 ideas to come up with a good one. Think about that. 30 Whoa. ideas to come up with a good one. So you know what that means? That means that if you want to come up with good ideas, you've got to come up with 29 bad ideas before before you get the good one. So people that come up to me know that I talk and speak and write about innovation will say, well, David, how do you you know go about getting innovation? So I said, well, how many bad ideas have you had this month? They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what are you talking about? I don't, I'm not trying to have bad ideas. I said, that's the problem. You're only focused on having good ideas. Stop that mm -hmm. and just harvest ideas. And then through this process of thinking oh, and like iterating, get that. all these ideas. Yeah. And then maybe this quote, bad idea. And this quote, bad idea somehow morphed together into something that's mm -hmm. now this new idea, which is actually quite good. And it follows that process of innovation, express, manufacture, consume, and boom, becomes an innovation. So we are our, our worst critics as solopreneurs. We have to stop self-editing and stop talking about what can't be done or what's not feasible, whatever. 
just write it down. And then, you know, later you can come back and revisit that. Maybe mm -hmm. you're in a, a, like the National Speakers Association has those uh, regional meetings, like the ones, Terry, that right. you attend in South the Florida, chapter the chapter meetings. meetings. Yeah. And, and you bring up something in a group setting and say, guys, I kind of had this idea. And now you start to brainstorm it and, and circulate that idea with other folks and they start to add in. Mm -hmm. and, and now you can really see something that might have just been the seed of an idea blossom into something that's truly innovative. So so you, you just have to be faithful to this space. Find a safe space in which you can innovate. Two, allocate the time. Put it on your calendar. Three, use all of that time to think. Don't come up with an idea and bolt out. Use up all the available time. And four, no self-doubt. You have to have the confidence to stand on your ideas. And, and if anyone laughs or ridicules, oh, oh, David, that's a dumb idea, whatever, then be proud mm -hmm. of that because that's one idea on your way to 30 that's going to get you to yeah. a good idea. And if you can take on that kind of attitude, not being brutal or mean-spirited to anyone else, but if people ridicule your ideas, pfft, that just it's it's water it's water off a, a duck's back. If I get into the habit of innovating and coming up with ideas, then I don't really care whether other people ridicule my ideas. What I then follow up with is say, well, how would you make that idea better? You don't you don't like my idea? How would you improve on that idea? And invariably they'll either mm -hmm tuck their tail between their legs and skunk off because they're just not going to engage. Okay, fine. <laughs> but every now and then I get a really good improvement on an idea from somebody who said, well, here's what I do. Right. And, and so boom, yeah. harvest it. I'll take it. I write it down. Uh, I literally have p a paper. I mean, I'm, I'm baby boomer, right, Terry. So I'm old school. I have I literally by the bedside <laughs> in the bathroom, in my car, everywhere. I have these little <laughs> slips of paper, which is like old presentations yeah. cut up or whatever. And I just capture these ideas, and sometimes I'll find them. I'll say, oh, I, had a, I had an idea, and whatever. And, and it's, it's, it's just a process that I promise you will yield positive results. I love that. And, and I love it for the, the fact that it's elegantly simple. And when people think about something as big as innovation, the concept of innovation, they can kind of feel a little overwhelmed by it. Like, well, how do I take mm -hmm. those steps into it? So I really appreciate you breaking that down. And I love the model that you shared. And as you were finishing up, I was thinking about the self-confidence part, right? Where, you know, how to deal with people um, and their reactions to your idea. An alternative is to not air your idea to keep it close to your mm -hmm. vest and develop yep. it as opposed to, because I, I remember I used to come up with that because I'm constantly coming up with ideas. And then I rush out and I start, blah, blah, you know, telling everybody about it. And I allowed the reaction of people I tell about it deflate my excitement about it. And I can't tell you how many ideas, good ideas that I've walked away from because I've allowed uh, other people to deflate yep. it. And so I, yeah. I have a practice now that when I have these ideas, especially when it comes to my business, I actually implement them and kind of do live tests on my sure. <laughs> reluctant yeah. clients and prospects. Exactly. And it, it actually is a great way to not only reinforce your self-confidence in your idea, but to refine yep. it so that exactly. innovation process is an ongoing yep. process. Exactly so. 
of continual refinement and evolution of that Here's idea. Here's one other quick thought. If, if you think about the human beings that are on the planet, who would you say are inherently the most creative? Who, who literally could care less about what other people think about their creativity? Probably the people that are at the bottom of Maslow's pyramid who are focused on survival. Well, let's, let's, I was going even a little earlier. I'm talking about children. So think oh, yeah, about it, right? Sure. So go watch some kids playing in the, in the playground, moment. right? They they mm-hmm. will come up with inventive games and, you know, they'll be they could care less what anyone thinks about their creativity, right? Um it, it it's just spur of the moment and it's just wacky and crazy and they don't care. And mm-hmm. then as we go older, mm-hmm. we start to get ground into certain mores and uh, decorum, <laughs> you're supposed to act a certain yeah. way and you go into the business world and no, oh, we're not going to have any of that around here, Peterson. Oh, and so God. we've got to get into this mode where we really think more like children relative to mm-hmm. how important creativity is, and then turn around and harness, just as you suggested, how do I harness the creativity that I generated thinking like a child into a professional, you know, outward uh, service or something that I'm doing as a solopreneur? So, you know, when right. I get up on stage and do my thing, I'm pretty kind of off. I, I try to have fun with the audience and I'm just sort of, you know, free form and everything else. But everything is done with a with an eye towards doing it in the best professional way. Uh, but when I'm being creative, I come up with some really silly, um, crazy stuff. And let me quickly also. But isn't it oh, fun though? It's great. To do that? Let me. Let me. I have to. I have to give a shout out to John Cleese. So some of your listeners will know that John Cleese is one of Monty oh, yeah. Python, and I grew up watching yep. Monty Python. Great actor. Great if you're a millennial Gen Z and you've never heard of Monty Python, mm-hmm. I feel sorry for you. Please go after you listen to all of Terry's <laughs> podcast. Go and and go to YouTube and look at some Monty Python. Some of that stuff is generationally neutral because it's just, it's just funny. Anyway, uh, (laughs) they wrote in pairs. So John Cleese and Graham Chapman wrote as a writing pair. And so they would say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to get together and we're going to write. So they planned from 11 to 12, right? So they, they would go over to John's house and they would, they would each go separately and write and come up with some ideas and they would come back together to work on skits. And so John would go off, and he'd start writing. Graham would write for 10 minutes and then he would go smoke his pipe out at the pool because he had, you know, three, four, five, six ideas. Boom, 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 boom. And then he went out. John's says in his memoirs that his ideas were never as clever, uh, never as original as Graham's ideas, but because he spent the whole hour refining his ideas, more of his ideas made it into skits than Graham's did because he took the time to not just throw out an idea and then say, okay, I'm done, Mm -hmm. but work on it, work on it, work on it, work on it. So that steady process, that, that iterate, put an idea out there, try it with your clients, see how it does, make a little change, try it again, wash, rinse, repeat, you know, that whole cycle of doing that long-term will generate amazing results. And one of the things that I like about the think time that, I wanted to ask you about, especially as it, as it regards to a solopreneur's life and lifestyle, what would you recommend as a, a reg, I'm, I'm assuming, this is me assuming, that this think time slot that you plan and put in your calendar is something you do on a relatively mm-hmm. regular basis. Because I think that it could, having that time allows you to train your brain to know that that time, that's the time when creativity happens 
And I this and I'm only saying this because this has happened to me in my life. My brain's working on stuff when I'm sleeping, when I'm doing other mm-hmm. stuff. And when I have that time where I can sit down and journal or do some brainstorming, it's like everything just comes rushing to the door right. that has accumulated since the last time. And I think that if we train ourselves or our brains, maybe, I don't know what we're training, to do this on a regular basis, even if it's just once a week, like Fridays is mm-hmm. are, are my creative yep. days. Is is that something that you feel Absolutely is beneficial? The best. That, now, I will tell you that there are extremely uh, successful executives of big-name companies that you would know that allocate time every day to do this. I think it's nice. more practical, particularly for those that are starting out, to simply budget one hour per week. And, and it's best to pick a time that you can be pretty faithful that it will be that same hour on that same day. So if you know that you're really fired up first thing in the morning and you make it from eight to nine on a, you know, on a Friday or a Wednesday or whatever day, or, you know, a 12 to one, right. whatever the time is, as best as possible, pick a time that you're pretty confident that that with few exceptions that you're going to be able to maintain that schedule. Then it becomes mm-hmm. a habit. Now, habitually you're doing that, you'll find that as you get into your space, you'll get into valuable think time much faster than it, you know, when you first get in there, right, you'll sort of, you'll sort of get into the mode of it. And you might already have some starting points where you had done some work previously. And now you had kind of thought about this one thing, but there was one little wrinkle of it, some little part of it, that maybe you didn't have figured out. So you're sort of going into it, knowing that this coming Wednesday from 11 to 12, your focus is going to be on this component and and you, you know, and you iterate, but trust me. And that's how it's, yeah, that's how it showed up for me is like I would, you know, when that time was done, I'd pick it up and I'd have all this new kind of information that I could that's download. Right. It's like that I my yeah. part of my brain was yeah. working on during the week or it, whatever. And I think that that's pretty fascinating. Go to, go to Target or Walmart or whatever and just pick up one of those little inexpensive, you know, wire bound journals, you know, just to, with lined mm-hmm. paper in it, whatever, and make it your right. innovation journal. And that's the thing that you keep yeah. it in your bag or you have it in your place. And even as you go about your day, as I go through my day, just to capture random, random ideas. ideas. So yeah. I, I'm trying to think of innovative ideas all the time. And I talk to people about, well, what do you think about this idea? And then I try to harvest those responses and, and capture those. And I may wind up blogging about it, or I might put it as a part of my innovation innovation driven growth podcast, or, or I, I may use it as an example in a, you know, in a, 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 a keynote or, or workshop, uh, you know, type right. environment. So there's always a way to kind of do that. Um, if you, if you are faithful about keeping those and you can go back and page through and go, Oh, that's right. I remember, you know, it's like, again, just trust me on this. Your right brain will not remember anything. So, so, and, yeah. and, and it's that's, easy, that's really it, it's easy. It's very easy to prove this because think about the times that you mm-hmm. meet up, let's say Terry, you meet up with somebody regularly at uh, Starbucks and you have, you know, you have a, a little meeting with them. And so, uh, you were, uh, you're there talking with them and you go, Oh my gosh, I, I heard, um, uh, uh, I heard this new song. It was the, you know, it was, uh, and you're like uh, the artist, uh, you know, the guy, his, his name is like a planet and you're, you're like, for whatever reason, you can't think of his name. And, and it's just, it, oh, your person, the other person goes, Terry, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, you move on, you completely <laughs> forget about it, right? That was 10 o'clock in the morning. The next day, seven 30, you're brushing your teeth. 
boom, it pops in your brain. Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of Bruno Mars. So it, boom, it pops into your head. And then you're saying, I'm going to see that guy later today. I got to remember to tell him Bruno Mars. So 10 o'clock, you're back at Starbucks. You see your friend, you go, oh, this morning, I remembered the name. And he goes, okay, who was it? And you go, and you literally can't remember anymore. You're like, I can't. And tell me that that doesn't happen over and over and over again, right? And that's when they, they say, okay, well, I have a doctor that Terry, can help you Terry, with your memory come on, care. Whatever. So, so this is why it's so important to capture our, our write yourself a note, yeah. send yourself oh, an email, uh, do whatever it takes to capture these ideas when they come, because the right brain will be incredibly mm-hmm. creative. And by the way, there's brain science that shows that while you're brushing your teeth is exactly the kind of time when an idea would come, because the left brain has to focus on that motor skill, right, of moving this brush back and forth. So it's kind of, it's kind of busy. It's kind of tied up and that, and the right brain gets these little chances when the left brain, who's a bully and the the left brain doesn't ever want the right brain to do anything. So now (laughs) the left brain's busy and the right brain goes, and I'm just going to pop this little idea in Terry's head and then move on. Bruno Mars or, you know, some amazing insight about your business. So, so you've got to capture those ideas when they come or kiss them goodbye. Oh, I love it, David. This has been incredibly practical. And that's what this show is all about, equipping my listener with practical things they can do to improve their business and make it more profitable and just have more fun. And I'm so, so grateful to what you shared. And I will have more information about David on the show notes page. And uh, I thank you so much for being here today. And we definitely have to have you back to talk about uh, some other things, because I love that idea that you talked about earlier about how you create these challenges in business. That is creative. I'd love to talk about it. Really appreciate you having me and uh, look forward to uh, following up and hearing more about all the great work you're doing, helping people get really simplified. Let's figure that out. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.